Hello and welcome to The Big Chat. We get to speak to people about what inspires them, what drives them, what got them into business, how they found it. And some of these people you might know, some of these people you might not, but there's always a nugget of gold in every conversation I have. As an instructor, I understand the journey of a class. Yes. And as a DJ, it's really hard because the way that DJs want to mix music is they want to keep like a, a, a like a specific BPM, right? Mm-hmm. So the, the pace kind of stays the same. Whereas as an instructor, we need a journey. You can't have somebody, you know, doing 60 minutes at 126 BPM because you would just die on the bike. It's also brought um, the most fascinating uh, new experiences, humans and people into my life, as well as one major thing, and that is um, the ability to see how I can help and support other people, men and women, um, in life and business. You know, I am one of those people, if I do something, I'll do it properly. I'll stick with it. Yeah. I'll see it through. And I guess I just, you know, I put myself in the right position. I I met the right people Mm. and sort of planned, planned my career. Yeah. You know? The Big Chat is all about collaboration and giving people in our towns the time to have their say their way. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Big Chat. Uh, This is a very special episode for me and um, oh, I'm feeling a bit emotional actually as I say that. Um, I'm going to be talking today to someone that's very, has been very pivotal in in my personal growth over the last few years Um, and certainly in line to me in in lots of ways and gave me lots of tools to deal with with life Um, and that is Tim Lawrence and he, for those of you who don't know, is he brought the Hoffman process to the UK and I was lucky enough to be on a journey on the Hoffman process in 2019 and we'll talk more about that and by by pure fluke um, I ended up with as was described the Hoff as my faculty (laughs) (laughs) and it just so turned out that he he literally was the man that brought it from from the United States over to to the UK so welcome Tim. Thank you. Very happy to be here. Very happy to see you again. I know. I mean, the last time you saw me, that's nearly four years ago, isn't it? So, A lifetime ago, pre-COVID. Pre-COVID, yeah. exactly, pre-COVID. So for those people that are listening, and I mean, I think most people that listen to this podcast know about, we've had some Hoffman process, Rafe's been on here, who did the, the Hoffman process with myself and has now gone on to flourish and, and, and launch his, his business, which is thriving. Natural energy. Yeah, yeah, eco he's doing. And, you know, I've kept in touch with a lot of people that I was on the process with. How, how would we describe the Hoffman process to people that don't know anything about it in a nutshell if we can i'll try in a nutshell but i'd love for you or or for you to channel what other people say about it because you know i I a while ago since i did it so as a person who now organizes it and puts it on i'd say it's a week-long intensive where people come to let go of an old baggage create some new space in their lives to see where they want to want to go yeah and how did how did the Hoffman process find you? Before I expl- talk a bit about my experience of it, well, how did it find you? Well, word of mouth, but I was in uh, with a clique of people, perhaps in California, people who um, em- emigrated there because they were interested in well, what's all this you know, new consciousness, blah blah blah, about? Yeah. And people went in different directions, but we'd always come back and meet and talk about our experiences, whether it been down at Esslin, or somebody did some meditation retreat, or somebody did something came back from India or something, did some psychedelic drug experience. And the word on the street, it wasn't really the street, you know, it was a comfortable living room. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Just sounds edgy. Sounds edgy. (laughs) I like it. Um, Was that this was the most intensive experience you could have to clear out stuff and start a new chapter. And a lot of people were there because they had troubled past, I'd Mm. say, or they're very curious so it found me, but I also by then I was a bit jaded. I'd been living eight or ten years in California and I'd tried many different things and I was still the old cynical Englishman who was, you know, more arrogant than than others. But this somehow got through. Um so when I did it, it punched a way through the defences, you know, the yeah. iron gates over my my heart and my my soul that others hadn't been able to reach. And that and that was and that you you trained under 
under the man. Under yeah, the ma- under the main man. I mean, I was told I was meeting the Hoff when I when I came to the retreat back in 2019. There was like the Hoffs here, the Hoffs here, and I was thinking, is this Mr. Hasselhoff? Is yes, Mr. 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 Hasselhoff. And then you but saw me be- without quite that Bay <laughs> Baywatch build. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not going to judge you on that, Tim. But but you you did actually train under. Yeah. No, I was very fortunate. I was also fortunate because he'd been traveling. He'd been taking the process to Europe and to Australia for the two years before that but it just happened to be midwinter and he was back in california and for whatever reason he said well i'll come and teach this one and he was my teacher so then when i applied to teach he was also back there and i was the last person he fully trained because Mm -hmm. after that he got ill and he wasn't going to be teaching much longer so he was an incredible influence on me and you can still feel the influence i mean it's called the hoffman process it wasn't during his time because he didn't want it to be called just after him but you can feel his influence that he was a man who went straight to the point and mm. he didn't do a lot of small talk or wishy-washy or, you know, being paid by the hour. He said, right, we're going to get a lot done in a week. Yeah. And I mean, and you do get a lot done in a week. You remember. I, t- <laughs> <laughs> I remember crying a lot mm-hmm. and screaming a lot. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, it's so nice to see your normal face <laughs> smiling. <laughs> what, not just like, oh, my God. <laughs> scream or or punching things or you know just uh, no I mean it was I didn't know what to expect all I knew was the I think the thing that shocks most people is it's like there's no technology you are now there is no technology you give up your phone you give up your phone don't Mm, you you give up your phone you give up your devices and you're not allowed to communicate with the outside world Mm. and I think for for people like myself who work in certain industries that's like sends fear through us that um and it's got worse and worse hasn't it has it well I suppose it has yeah people have um become so addicted to the phones but it also it's interesting we got to a tipping point a couple of years ago where people were actually glad to hand oh. their phones in and, and we do warn them it's not like that scene in did, did you see that um nine perfect strangers with nicole kidman where an in- instagram influencer when she gets to the retreat she has her phone taken away yes. it's, no it can't happen to me we do warn people and also you know they can call their kids or of course they can it, midweek or you know if there's an emergency but yeah it's um technology free week we don't do massive audio visual we just you know have old-fashioned talks and experiences but just coming back to what you're saying that sort of anger or scream crying and <laughs> laughing and beat bang, release, bang release I would yeah call it. the first part of it is you know if we're depressed or anxious there's just usually a lot of stored up emotions so mm-hmm. what is it that we need to get rid of that's mm-hmm. very hard if we're on our phones or we're chatting to people or managing the the household budget or whatever is there's an awful lot of you know, perhaps resentment from little things in the past that have accumulated or grief from you know things that we've lost or people that we've lost. And that's the start of the week. We try to encourage people to be able to let that go. And you, d- it's, it's, there's, I mean, how many people would you say are normally, well, there was 24 of us? Was yeah, 24 yeah. Of us? It's 24 because we're limited. We, you know, we choose to have um, one of us facilitators for each eight clients or, yeah. or participants. And I was I was lucky I got you, or you were lucky you got me. Well, that's all you'll ever know. You know, you can only do it once, and she'll never know if there are other better know. teachers around. <laughs> yeah, and, and um, I mean, I, I think it. you certainly gave me a different perspective on things. I, I can remember you sort of saying to me, it's okay to be quiet. You know, you don't have to always be like <laughs> bouncing off the walls, which I certainly am, am renowned to be a bit of a bouncer off walls. But I think since the Hoffman process, less so. And it, 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 it was an amazing experience because I think for me to not have any outside influence at all, for, for just I was able to totally submerge myself into it and totally apply myself to it. And that was a great gift for me at that time because... Um, I, I came a year after my dad had passed away, and and mm. you, you you do say as a as a rule, don't you, that that it should be at least a year after losing it, it, anybody. Yeah, it can't be too too close because yeah. then it would complicate things. When we you know we do things, about, what do you resent about your parent? Well, if you've just you know yeah. had, a, had a bereavement, that's not that's not going to fly very well. Yeah, mm. and there and there is a lot of that. De- there is a lot of that work that 
where you you really are looking at your parents. I mean, I can remember my mum, bless her, saying, and I had no idea of this, but before I actually went in to do the Hoffman process, she said, you're never going to talk to me again. And I was like, what? Because <laughs> I thought I was going in to deal with dad. You know, mm. I thought I was going in to sort of deal with my, my things around dad. Mm. But actually... It, it uncovers everything, doesn't it? It's yeah, that was going to say. At least your mother came out with her worst fear. Yeah, <laughs> straight did, away, very, very she honest. Did. You she never was told very me. Very happy when she got a letter from me. And we were still friends uh, at the end of it. What I was going to say about you know when I first heard about it, word of mouth. I think people said it's intense. It will put down all the stuff that you've had about the past. You yeah. won't have to deal in that way with you know parents or family issues again. And so that's what we start with. We start with. How were you as a child? Mm -hmm. Were you rewarded for being the chatty performer? Were mm. you rewarded for being the good girl who was always quiet in the background? Mm. And so on. What were the roles or what were the roles that you rebelled against? So there's a lot of uncovering there that people might have had insights about. But I suppose we're providing a, a stage or a retreat place mm. where people can really go into it. Mm. And you And I mean... I think one of the most interesting parts of the process as well for me was when we um, had the when we had to be silent. I mean, that was interesting for me. <laughs> <laughs> interesting in quotes. Yeah. <laughs> <D> challenging. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think I think a certain friend of mine, Bobby, sort of trying to tell him he needed to come out of the shower without communicating. That was, <laughs> that was interesting, shall we say? But um, it, it, yeah, it. Not to not communicate, to be with 24 people when you've been meditating, talking, journaling, all of these things, all of these different processes, and then to have that that, ex that experience of being very quiet and mm. not talking at all, that's very powerful. Well, do you remember what it then prompted you into, into feeling or thinking or whatever? Yes, I mean, it was, well, the the... I think, I mean, as you know, I became very close to Russia, who's, who's a, a good friend of both of ours, and... Um, it was it was incredible because Russia was within our eight, mm. um, but when there was that silence, we were just really drawn to each other. It was just like this pull, this magnetic pull that we we hadn't spoken to each other before. Then I'd seen this extra, you know, extremely glamorous, mm. glamorous um, Saudi turn up with all her luggage at the beginning, and and she, like like some you know beautiful princess, and and then didn't think I'd talked to her in a million years. And then within that period, I was really, really drawn to her. And we just couldn't wait to start talking because we needed to talk. You, energetically, you just felt, I felt very drawn to people. And like I had a deeper understanding of who they were. It's interesting talking. because it's interesting because she's a very introspective, quite, yeah. you know, she presents, you know, very capable in the world, but she's a brilliant writer and she's, she's looking at the world writer. from a very different perspective. So I guess you were attracted to each other as, you know, a balance of opposites without suggesting that you're you know. what are you saying that I'm not a good writer <laughs> <laughs> I wrote very well when I was in the Hoffman process I'll have you, you know a brilliant communicator yes. in in, in uh, up front and and live yeah um but interesting yeah so in the silence you were attracted to her but I hope you know in the silence you and everybody were reflecting on the insights that you had of up course. to then and letting letting them build up yeah and uh, you you do I, th I mean, when I think back now, the work that we were doing, you, you, we were literally working. We'd also go to bed at a certain time, wouldn't we? We'd go to sleep at a certain time. We'd keep an eye on our sleep patterns, talk about what we dreamt about. And it, it was re really was times of silence, times of meditation. It, it was incredibly intense. It's, um, it's quite a menu, I suppose, yeah, because, you know, you were mentioning the... The, the the bashing or the anger you mentioned crying a lot hopefully there's some laughter there are chats amongst the group oh, of, a fair bit and humor. then there are the still moments of of quiet of meditation i think what we're trying to do there is saying we're much more than just the sum of our behavior patterns or much yeah. more than our childhood role what is it that we can reach in those moments of silence or 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 gratitude gratitude is another thing that yeah. you know we're we're trying to evoke from people yeah because it's been going how long has the Hoffman process been going now it's been going for well over 50 years actually it's amazing it's it's just 50 years as a group but Bob was doing it in um individual <laughs> it's hard to imagine one-to-one -one work but he was doing that for the five years before but in 72 it became a group and then in 85 it became residential yeah goodness me and it, i mean 50 that's that is a long long time isn't it and so and and i mean obviously without giving giving away your youthful looks here Tim, how long have you been doing the Hoffman process i've been doing it for 32 years i try yeah no i qualified in 91 so yeah it's 32 exactly 32 years um and i did it in 89 my goodness yeah i mean there are people <laughs> now who are 
10 or more years younger. They, they, they weren't born for another 10 years before I did it. Anyway, <laughs> do I, the, do I the get maths, that as well yeah. when I talk to guests and I'm like, no, <laughs> you can't be that young. It's just not possible mm, at all. Mm. But what do, you, what do you love about the work so much? Going into somebody's story at a level that's very hard just in, in normal life, being able to sit with them and know that without mobile phones, without distractions, we've got each other's attention for that week and we can go exploring deeper and deeper levels of consciousness, mm-hmm. you know, not just the negative stuff but also the positive stuff and making a balance of then what is it they want to make more out of life. So I suppose partly it's loving the intensity but loving also the quietness that comes during that mm-hmm. intense week to be able to hopefully make a change in somebody's life. So it's dramatic work. It, it, it is dramatic. That's I, When I came out of the Hoffman process, the, it, it was like seeing the world with different glasses on. It really mm. was. It was It was bizarre. It re- it, I, I've never experienced anything like it since. Mm. But were you able to build on that? Because the question of mine would be, if I was you know, listening yeah. to this, is, well, great, you do an intensive week and you make friends and so on and you laugh and cry. How do you build on that? How does it not just fade away? Because you have to keep doing the work. Because you have to... I mean, the, the great thing with the Hoffman process is that you're given tools. You're given tools to work with. Um, you're given so much. I mean, there's I mean, there's so much now that you can do, isn't there? You've got... Mm. The Hoffman's got an app that you can work with, but you've also got all the books that you... I've, I've gone over my books and all the things that I was working on in the Hoffman process mm. maybe three or four times, I would say. And I think a lot of the, my fellow colleagues students that were on the Hoffman process have done the same thing they've revisited the work that we want to review over, to, to review what you've it. done and any yeah. particular practices like keeping a gratitude journal or journaling gratitude or journal and I would say also um oh, one I think one of my favorite ones was um and I can't think of the exact term but it's when when you get a hold of a feeling and you change it into something mm. else you visualize it and you change it into something else that's the technique we call that recycling recycling yeah. that's probably was one of the most powerful things that i experienced on the hoffman process that you could actually change the way you feel or and also since since doing the hoffman process and then learning nlp coaching because that was definitely what drew mm. me to wanting to learn more about nlp coaching and also um Hip- hypnosis i'm re- i'm fascinated by hypnosis and i'm going to be revisiting that in august and training to do that again because i find that so powerful working with the mind and i feel like there were moments of of hypnosis going on throughout that process and where we were just in a, in a trance that was amazing because you go so introspective into yourself it's just like nothing else i'd i'd never experienced anything like that i've been a yoga teacher for 12 years but ah, I'd, but i'd great. never experienced anything hmm on that level of depth within my seat there's no hiding you can't hide from yourself you mm-hmm. just you won't let us for starters mm-hmm. it's like you know all, all bets are off you've, mm-hmm. you've got to come and you've got to you've got to bring everything otherwise there's no point doing it and everyone is totally committed but i think the recycling i think also when we did the technique where we would sit opposite someone and talk about um quite often someone when they're triggering us or you know something's being triggered in us it's not actually that person it's something oh right what we call transference which sort of looks like a sort of a a part of projection but what we're saying is we're transferring from the past yes an image a memory a sensation that we had from our parents like being put down or being criticized or whatever it's not actually happening that person is just being themselves giving you a, a distracted look but we transfer the past. Oh no, you're doing that. So that's what we have. Yeah, you talk, talk out. And that was that was really interesting because, as you know, one of one of my friends, she she did the process in California. She did. She's been on been on the big chat, and she did the process in California. And then she she literally came to the UK and opened my laptop and went, "You're doing it. You want to do it now?" <laughs> she was like, "No, no you know, pressure." I don't, quite, I don't quite how to take that, but it was it was good for me. I hope it was done with love rather than it um, was frustration. Done with love. <laughs> it was definitely done with love. But she, you know, we both talked about that whole sort of experience, but especially with the transference, when you have to write down if there's anyone mm-hmm. in the room mm-hmm. that that kind of triggers you. And that again, I mean, I, I had periods, as you know, where I, you, you take things personally. If you've if you've grown up in a certain certain way, sometimes you can take things personally, and you you are having to hold space for people's real vulnerabilities on that process. 
um, I, I don't know how you guys did it. And you did it with so much humour and love and warmth as well. Well, we do leave it to the sort of almost the last day, I think, um, because we know that people, if we did it on the first day, it would be just overwhelming. It would be no, you know, it would put everybody into the defensiveness. So we've done a lot of work before that. And yeah, we want people to remember it with humour. It doesn't have to be the end of the world. If somebody yeah. says, I've had this... Um, feeling about you it's my stuff but yeah. i just want you to know yeah um because yeah depending on how we've grown up we might have grown up with a lot of shame a lot of criticism oh, i'm awful i'm awful yeah. you look at me like that yeah and what and can, can we talk can we talk about the bashing yeah sure can we it's all in the book i know it's all in the book <laughs> there's a great book out called the hoffman process who was written written by tim lawrence who is sitting here right now he's he, who said earlier oh there's a book about it and i said yes which you've written but he's very humble so he didn't want to say anything. i know i think it comes from also traveling and people people they say well don't you have a copy of your book i said no i don't i'm not one of those who flings it around here read my I book i have my signed copy of book, Tim. i still have i should have bought it in i should have put it and put it put it propped it here it, we could have had that but. better have looked red you know i've seen some copies people <laughs> present they've never been opened <laughs> it's very much been read it's a brilliant book oh. but the bashing i think for me personally was the most powerful thing that i've ever done really oh, yeah why? For, because i have suppressed a lot of anger hmm. i would say i would argue or a lot of um frustration that energetically I'd obviously held on to in my body and I've been you know as a child very good at being quite chameleon like mm. and and adapting to different situations and having to tread on eggshells so I was always second guessing quite hyper vigilant as a child I would say and and with that has come a lot of not knowing what's mine and what's other people's and bashing <laughs> bashing for those that don't know is basically we we get a baseball bat we're all given a baseball bat and you bash the living daylights, not out of each other, but you bash the living daylights out of a pillow. And it's, yeah, yeah. It's I mean, intense. it's designed, as you say, to you know, let go of a lot of frustrations. By the way, the, the baseball bat is plastic and lightweight. It's not one of the <laughs> wooden club. I remember that, yeah. it being like metal. <laughs> That's not what you're talking about. The way my arm felt after 20 minutes of it. Well, there was like obviously a, a little bit, a little bit of <laughs> anger going on there that you were able. But it's hopefully. From it, you were able to draw a border between, you know, what was acceptable and what was unacceptable. Oh, my Some God, kind of yeah. line in the sand. That's yeah. what it was, you know, aiming for. It, 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 it amazed me how much needed to be released. Mm. I think that, that to hold on, the amount you hold on to in your physical body, the amount of, uh, whether it's trauma or whether it's preconceived ideas or all of the, the amount that I was holding on to that I'd not let out. Mm. And it also... It's come out at certain times when I've when I've been less in control, and I sort of rec you know I recognised I recognised the, the shout I recognised it and it's not one that I like to hear. And it's a, a historic anger, isn't it? You yeah. know, it's it's been piled up over over the years. No, it's interesting that you brought it up because honestly, I ask around, and even rehab centres don't do anger work anymore. I don't know if they can't get the insurance for it or Maybe. something. It's a it's a it's a risk. You know, we've been doing it a long time, so we you know we know how to how to manage it but there aren't many places where people can go and it is considered a bit ugly you know a bit oh that would look that would look horrible but to give somebody an opportunity to be able to get a load of frustrations out physically then they're not going to have that same pain in their body or not going to have to sort of act out in this way or most people numb it out with doom scrolling or netflix or alcohol or whatever honestly netflix has come up so many times this morning on a few really? really yeah or numbing out to tv and i mean i i certainly i stopped drinking seven months ago now so i've not been drinking now for seven months and that that's kind of it i'm done with it i'm i'm at that place now where it just doesn't serve me at all it just makes me unhappy mm. um but you are right because if it's used as a medicinal purposes it's it's not you know for those that can have a drink and have a nice glass of wine and a jolly old chat then great but if you're using it for medicinal purposes i.e i don't want to be stressed out i'm going to have a few glasses of wine forget about it i don't think it's quite as advisable and i think that's what you're talking about with zoning out and checking out yeah, Netflix I would, as well i would say self-medicating rather than medicinal medicinal yeah, in air, air quotes in case you weren't watching this live they were <laughs> yeah. air quotes by the part of the presenter 
Yeah, to get out of it. And yeah. I guess it did what it did while you were while you were younger and ne- yeah. needed it. And now you realise it doesn't doesn't serve you at all. Doesn't it serve a purpose. Gives you a very negative um, effect. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I think with the um, certainly with the with the actual energetic shift that I felt in my body doing that bashing the pillow that that was for for, it's hard to explain when you 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 know someone that has probably maybe in the past used alcohol as a bit of a prop so as many people do I know that when you go out it gives you more confidence or you think it gives you more confidence there was another thing that we did where we all just danced we all just dance mm-hmm, in the room, mm-hmm. and that is inqu- you know, so, some people can have real inhibitions about how they're seen, how they're looked at, how they're viewed. And certainly for me, my, myself, you know, in the past, you know, put a few drinks in me, and I'll be dancing up and down on the table. Mm-hmm. But without a few drinks in me, I'm actually a bit of an introvert extrovert, and that revealed that to me on that process. I didn't really realize that about myself. You saw it in me because you were you were like. You know, Coco, you don't always have to be like. Well, I think well, loud. you know, I was, I was. Firstly, I was encouraging you to explore the other side because yeah. if one pattern has been overplayed, we say, you know, play, play the other side. But the other bit is there's bound to be an equal and opposite reaction. There's yeah. bound to be an inner quieter place that you're seeking, mm. as well as the one where you, you know, you've been rewarded for being performing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And by the way, you know, we'd never want in the Hoffman process or anything to take out that essence in you, which is a wonderful talker. You know, you it's the big chat. It's the chatty hatter company, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You're using that well, mm. but, you know, you can use it with, with, with conscience and have quiet moments also. Yeah, and learning to have quiet moments. As well. And also, I think, when I came out of the process, the synchronicities of life, that was just unbelievable i mean that you it's just like you're suddenly just tuned in that's the only way i can describe it i mean everything seemed brighter the sky seemed bluer the it 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 was like an appreciation a gratitude for for where you are and just a, a liberation where you just i i was so i was so happy when i came it it was like knowing that everything was going to be okay Mm. and that fundamental thing where all human beings we just really want to be seen and loved you know it's that it's that seen heard and loved yeah seen heard and loved as children as adults any particular synchronicities you can remember or more sense of sense of awe everything there was well i mean i mean russia won't mind me mind me saying this but we we um (laughs) funny synchronicities when we came out we went we spent a few days together after the Hoffman process and we were down in Brighton and as we were walking through pretty much everything we wanted we just manifested really Uh including a very nice avocado on sourdough that we were walking up some steps and I said oh I really fancy some avocado and sourdough and then there at the top of the steps on the window was a sign for avocado on sourdough you know it could have been anything but it was there and then we'd go somewhere and we wanted to have a parking space and there was never going to be one and it would just appear and it was like life was just aligned and we had a lot of that and it was getting to the point my ring actually that I'm wearing today my amethyst ring um I I said to Russia in Brighton after the process I said I really want a pinky ring and I want it with an amethyst and I want it with diamonds and we went into the lanes and a shop near a shop that I'd worked in years ago with a another fellow who'd done the Hoffman process there was this little pinky ring in the window oh my goodness and I went in and I tried it on and not only did I try it on it fitted Mm. but the chap was called the same name as Russia's father's boat really yeah and then he said to me and guess what the ring is half price today really goodness you had to have it it was just it was just a you know we were just sort of like pinching ourselves because we were like is this happening but it just felt like everything was very aligned and and i've had that feeling again you know many times fortunately where things have just felt when you are aligned it just feels like things happen they flow very naturally um, and where there's more resistance, it's 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 learning to navigate that. Or well, when we're in our what they now call the default modal network, the system where we're often in, we won't notice. You know, we'll be worrying about this or that. You know, will I get a parking fine or you know, yeah. have, did I put enough money in or something? Um, and we'll miss that amethyst ring. Yeah, we'll miss, exactly. We'll miss, we'll miss all of that. Makes me think of doing a Hoffman week 
um, so you can better enjoy Brighton. <laughs> you, uh, listen, I've done it twice. I've, I manifested it. I manifested this ring as well. I went down there and manifested this one. So I think there's something going down there. I always seem to manifest jewelry when I go down there. But it, but it is that being open to to opportunities, isn't it? And being open to. I mean, everything comes down to. I mean, whatever method you do, whatever method you study, or whatever religion or tradition, it all comes about appreciating the present. Yeah. And this for me, you know, was a journey that took me to India for a year when I was in my early early twenties. And I thought, oh, meditation, levitation, yeah. invoking the name of Ram will help all this. But all it comes down to is getting rid of the noise in your head. Yeah. So for me, you know, a Western approach or a Western approach where it meets a bit of spirituality was great in Hoffman because I needed to get the noise out of my head, the noise of, you know, being over educated in certain ways, mm-hmm. undereducated in others. But worrying about this or regretting the past and that's what helps us be in the, the present yeah it sounds so simple but for most of us there's too much chatter there is too much chatter and i think mm. so much of us do live in the past or in in the future and that, and actually you've got no control over either of those things mm. that's you, all you can, can i mean even this moment's just gone this moment and, and that one oh. <laughs> and we could go on and on and on and on can we do you do you have a lot of people that come onto the process that then go on to work as facilitators i would imagine you do it's funny because there's a there's a sort of a, a joke people say oh we in our group just about 80 percent wanted to go on and be hoffman facilitators but it's a very rigorous process and when people realize you know that they'll have to give up a week from home or from wherever they're living and you know they can't do it when they've got kids growing up or that it's that intense or mm. the amount of time they have to give up for their training because the mm. training is not like a you know a part-time masters or whatever you no. have to be there week after week and in between you're having to do a lot so there's i suppose a natural sieving process or thinning out process well you do you do it a natural sieving process before people can even come in because i remember it was pretty extensive the the level of information that i had to write down before getting accepted and you still got through and i still (laughs) got through i did something right but i can remember it was a there's a lot isn't there there's a lot yeah ask i mean partly we're doing that because we are taking a risk with people yeah we're taking risks with people to sort of you know put it all out there we're taking risks with people where they're so much out of their comfort zone even you know not having their own bedroom not having their own um news feed come come through so we ask people firstly there's a very short well it's only seven pages for us it's short medical therapy history questionnaire you know food and all the all the basics um and if we pick anything up from that we might ask for more information about them we might ask what type of therapy they've had if they haven't had any and it's a presenting issue like around trauma or abuse or say well could you you know have some therapy first yeah or, or as you mentioned you know if there's too close a bereavement yeah or some something too major has gone on where we think people are too distracted that we want them to be able to be present for their past rather mm-hmm. than present for just the person who you know shut the door on them yesterday yeah. and said i never want to see you again um <laughs> And then the second part, um, in fact, I'm just reading them this week as I'm going into a course starting starting on Saturday, is people write, do you remember how long it took you? Because we reckon about eight, ten hours or oh so. Oh, my God, easily that. Yeah. Easily so it's a ten. Ten. Autobiographical work. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of guided questions, um, but people take their time on looking at, well, I've never really thought, how did my parents... Um, attitudes to anger or sadness or criticizing or basically their relationships or how were they with money we're looking at all of that and then we're asking people to fill in you know their own biography how it's affected them or what's going on now and also what they want to get out of it so we have a pretty good idea of Mm. what people have had in their past and what they want to deal with so we can jump in the deep end rather than saying so tell me a bit about you know what brings you what brings you here so i'll read all of that and i'll have that in the back of my mind when i then get a work with people so that sieves people out if people don't want to do that mm. so oh, i can't be bothered well then i think you'll find the week probably something it's going to be a bit of a challenge yeah so you know and we're also in a fortunate position you know we have always had more people want to do it than we can really cater for so yeah. we're, you know we're able to to say to people that we don't think this is for you right now yeah and you can only do it once yeah, we say... Why can you only do it once, <laughs> why, why would you want to do it again? I'd want to do it again. <laughs> I'd want to do it again. I think because we feel it's it's not just a, th- 
a therapy. It's a ritual. It's it is a, a ritual. rite of passage. A rite of passage for sort of giving up. Uh, they say from for the smart ass, you know, twenty first century, but actually we're in a different century. <laughs> um, for people who've been overeducated, it's a rite of passage from giving up something that's sort of the irresponsible mm. teenager or even younger to becoming an adult and taking responsibility. And we're doing that with very strong images about how you grew up, letting go of your past, mm. imagining death. You know, I'm some pretty yeah, strong there stuff is. In, I mean, in, yeah. the middle of, in the middle of the, middle of the week. Um, so for you to do it again, you wouldn't have that element of surprise. Your intellect would be engaged to level, oh, wait a minute, I remember how I did this before. So now if I do that, da, 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 what we want to do is shock people away from their default thinking yeah. modes and get them into something else and then be able to make a change from that. And we do three-day weekends and things to yeah. you know, help people freshen up and say, you know, come with certain specific issues, but not the whole whole shebang. You couldn't, yeah, you couldn't repeat it again, could you? I mean, I just, I'd just like to do it again because I, ju- I just loved that week. I just, for me, it was just one of the, it, if not one of the best things I've ever done in my life. Oh. Mm. I really would say so because it was just, it was dramatically life-changing for me. That's so good to hear because for some people, you know, we're programmed to survive by remembering the negatives. And so some people remember, oh, my God, it was so hard. I mean, I loved it at the end, but it was so hard. I'd never want to do it again. So it's very sweet that you remember the good times as no, well. I, I mean, there, are, there is some good it was painful, play and was, laughter and yeah, dancing. Yeah, I mean, there, there was a lot well. of laughter. I mean, there was a lot of laughter. I mean, I could, can't go anywhere if there's not laughter and you're <laughs> the same. But it's, it, it, was, it was just so revolutionary for me to just I I thought I had a level of self-awareness before I went there I just didn't have any at all well you had a you had a lot I mean you've been 12 years of yoga teacher you've done lots of other stuff you must have had some but I think it's able to yeah look at areas that perhaps our mind or our awareness hasn't hasn't yet gone to and also I would I would say some of the work that I found really really amazing was when you had to put yourself into your parents shoes mm. and imagine their lives i you know when people talk about channeling I, I would say some crazy stuff was going on that week with me while i was channeling things you were I, really able to be there i just knew yeah. you just know it's mm. just a, a phenomenal thing where mm. you just you just suddenly go oh my god that's because of that and it's like do, a light bulb moment do you remember why we do it why, why do we have people walk in there parents shoes so that was well, so that we can forgive them and so that we can we can understand that actually it's it's a lot of it's not it's it's not their fault it's just something that's been passed down to them possibly i mean a lot of everything is a pattern that's been passed down and passed down and passed down and we're i would say almost like the crusaders that break those patterns because i certainly feel like i broke some patterns when i went in there that i that i would just by default end up repeating However much I've ran the other direction, if I had I not done the work that I'd done in Hoffman, I just would have repeated a lot of patterns. They were mm. already starting to happen. Brilliant answer. Do you notice how I cleverly became the questioner? I did notice how you're doing that, that a few times, Tim. <laughs> I'm fully aware of that, and I don't mind that at all. <laughs> I mean, we can make this the Tim podcast if you want. I'm very happy for that. I that think I'd be, be the glorious. questioner. You'd be the answer. Just reversing. reversing. <laughs> it, for me, it's a bit easier, but then for you, if you're always the questioner, it might be quite relaxing <laughs> to evasion. Give the answers. But I wanted to ask that because for somebody listening, they think, well, why would I need to be why in would you my do parents' that? shoes? Yeah. And, and you did it spot on. It's about understanding and forgiveness. Yeah. You know, we may think of our parents as all beings, all powerful, who are always adults. But if we have to imagine them as children, if we have to imagine for a few hours just walking in their shoes, seeing their the home they grew yeah. up in, seeing the expression of their parents' eyes, it might not have been... Um, easy for them it might have been harder for them than it was growing up for us and then therefore we can understand how patterns of behavior like perfectionism or victim or always you know having to even be the rebel how they how they started out way back and also i I remember doing a lot of work around how we can create the we create these scenarios where you like for example i hate christmas i always have a bad christmas and then you almost set yourself up every time you get near christmas of course yeah, to yeah. have a bad christmas yeah. so you, it's it's like the, 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 
you're, you're basically making it happen to reassure yourself that what's happening is, is well, I'm right. It's and always rubbish Christmas. Or I'm just using Christmas as an example. Everyone has probably has a lovely Christmas, but certain things come up, don't they, like that? It might be my birthday for some yeah. people or people's weddings or whatever. Yeah. It's interesting. I know that you said that you've been very interested in, in hypnosis and in NLP. Yeah. And so you obviously had an interest in, well, what is the script that we write? Yes. You know, and so NLP and hypnotherapy go directly into, you know, changing changing your script going yeah. away about it um and we get there but we do say well we might have to do some weeding first you know because yeah. you might have had some rough christmases you know we need to sort of deactivate that because bob hoffman's whole thing was about we learn this stuff emotionally mm. and we have to let go of it emotionally hence the you know extremes of emotions that people might experience during during the hoffman week so in order to you know have a different attitude about christmas you might have to have a good rant and rage or cry about Christmas is past. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, I think I had a few ransom raves. I think mm. so. Do, would you say that, I mean, in the 30 years that or so that you've been doing that in, the, in this in the UK, I mean, 30 years ago must have been very different to have been d- brought a process like this over and, and being met differently? Or, or would you say it's always been... No, I mean, it was really interesting. It's funny because I'm hearing Prince Harry's interviews over the last few, few months and how he said it was very different then, you know, now people talk about therapy. I'd had the advantage of being in California where it was such a normal yeah. thing and I was in, living in the States for 15 years or so. But yes, I do remember that people had all kinds of questions. Well, it's therapy, it's from California. I don't want to talk about my, my feelings. Um it was a struggle. I mean, you know, for the first five or six years, we were wondering, is this ever going to take here? But mm. then, again, to every action, an equal opposite reaction, and the repressed English really need this stuff. Mm. You know, the people who we think are more uptight, they love to dance. So if you give them a chance to dance, they will dance. If you give them a chance to rant and rage and talk about the past, they'll, they'll go for it. So it was in reaction to the repression that it eventually became popular but it had to be you know kind of quiet you know it had to be sort of underground for a bit and somebody once said it well it might not be mainstream but it's deep stream yeah (laughs) and and now i think it is more accepted it's um this therapy is now fairly mainstream yeah journalists talk about it tv presenters talk about it certainly all kinds of celebrities as soon as they get into trouble saying well i'm gonna you know, go and work on myself. Yeah, I mean, you've had a few celebrities. I'm just, ch- I'm, look, I'm suddenly panicking. I panicked then that I wasn't recording. <laughs> we can cut. No, it's all right, Tim. I just, say, I'm like so enthralled in what Tim's saying. I was just like, oh my god, what if I'd not pressed record? Tell me, tell me that red button was for it's recording, fine. not for stop. It's fine. <laughs> okay, good. I've, uh, yeah, no, that's fine. I've just, I was just suddenly enthralled there and thinking, oh my god, Tim, imagine if I'd just done that and I said, you've got to say mm. all this again mm. with with because i do i do find now that more and more people as i said to you people that i've spoken to they are much more open to this this kind of of one of the things that we did there which i hope hope is okay for me to share was when you imagined yourself at the end of your life that is a very powerful mm. thing and the fact that you have a choice the fact that you actually have a choice of paths almost that you know do you want to take the path where you're you're surrounded by loved ones and 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 you're surrounded by people that care about you and you you feel good about who you are or do you want to you know go the other road and there is a choice and i think that is the the power of self exp- you have to explore yourself if you want that if you don't look at yourself you can't control anything other than your own behavior no one human being can control what another human being's like. People well, it's automatic. It's overlearned. It's compulsive. Yeah. And if it's driven by emotion, you know, we'll never bring the rational logic to it. Yeah. So we all need to step back and see what it is that we want. And you know, you're remembering, yeah, the specific thing where we say, you know, exaggerate the differences. Yeah. Do you want to go on and make this even worse? And it will be worse if you yeah. just go on because you accumulate more years of misery. Or do you want to see yourself surrounded in this way, even if you don't know exactly what's going to happen? If you imagine that then doors will doors will open and they do and they do open i mean they do i mean y- y- you know take 
Rafe, for example, he, he he had an amazing experience when he came out of doing the Hoffman. And um, we went for dinner, a few of us, and he was sort of, you know, he'd had these blocks around doing things that that were unblocked, and it and it really did unblock. For me, um, it was like, wow, I can actually be happy. You know, I don't I don't have to be a clappy monkey all the time. I can actually be happy, and I can be quiet, and I yeah. can be all sorts of things. No, for both you and Rafe, it's it gives me. Um, chills to to hear that because funny enough the first lockdown i spent was in deep rural devon and i was at a picnic oh, outdoors obviously not a party obviously outdoors. um and there were people there of rafe's age and they said oh i've met somebody who did the hoffman process and he said it completely changed him and he started this business and he's so different i thought that's nice because these are people who in yeah. my context would never otherwise you know touch therapy or have heard of it they yeah. actually had a happy family background too yeah 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 so good on good on on rafe yeah it, and 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 I, th- I think for everyone it just but it is consistency you have to consistently work on it because I think some people do sort of come out and there's there's almost like that pink cloud of mm. wow everything's amazing. Mm. If you don't continue to do the work on yourself, then then you, you, understandably that pink cloud is going to burst sooner or later. You have to keep putting the work in. That's my experience of it. I would say is that your very experience very of wise it? words. Can I interest you in? in, in in joining the Hoffman Facilitator well, Training Programme. it's funny. And that, I mean, my, my dear friend Andrew, who I know did the Hoffman Process 20 years ago, or, or God, even 30 years ago, as soon as I came out of the Hoffman Process, he said, so when are you going to be really? a Hoffman <laughs> Facilitator? And I was like, what? And, he was like, and that was before I'd even started coaching. But it uh, definitely inspired me uh, to want to coach and to want to work with people and probably inspired this talking to people mm. about you know, all the things that are available for us to, to make ourselves yeah, no, feel better a, and be better versions of who we are. You're an inspiring voice to the world. But I was playing like part, partly in response to you saying that, yeah, you have to work it. It works you if you work it. You have to build a practice as with anything, as with gratitude, as with yeah. looking at, with joy, as with appreciating what we have around with us. Build a practice because I think we're in a society that wants a magic wand or a magic pill. I do that seven days or I totally. take this antidepressant and everything will be fine. No, we've got to keep actually being active. It's called being a human and actually saying that that's a, that's a, another thing to point out is that you're you're quite strict about people that we're not allowed to be medicated before you go in and also you can't exercise when you're there can you no we that's say that interesting no one. because there are ex- exerciseaholics you know who go yeah. running and get their adrenaline going or yeah. dopamine or whatever now we're saying hey bring all of that whatever tension you have and you take out there bring it into into this if people are on medication we're not going to interfere with that but we're saying you know don't not yet smoke with a joint or whatever <laughs> on the in the breaks i mean you know i don't think smoking a joint would have been conducive with <laughs> well it would have been but it was such a chill from. week man i'm totally <laughs> I mean, I do remember we all liked smoking cigarettes because that was the only thing we were allowed to do. We were all de- I remember we were all smoking. I think I think even Bobby was was rolling cigarettes at one point. We were all having them around the fire because that was that was the only thing we were allowed to do because we do all act like children, don't we? We, we don't we, we don't ban smoking because we figured it would be just another huge stress <laughs> for people. They've got enough stresses, but we've also noticed that the smokers like attract a bit of a crowd because they're so <laughs> cool it's can i jump and join you so we have some break from the tension it's not all so serious but it's but it's beautiful and are you still doing the hopping process at seaford house well Florence funny enough house? funny enough no not ah. this year but we we there may be a chance for us buying it so we may, may be going up. We, d- we don't know we're we're turning into a charity this year and that may make things very different for funding and stuff so we're hoping, that's amazing hoping to be able to buy our own site and obviously florence house is florence top of house that list is so beautiful set on the cliffs of seaford seaford head overlooking the sea it is a gorgeous site and we've been there for 22 years it's yeah. it's i have gone down and attempted the seven sisters maybe managed two of the sisters <laughs> but six o'clock every morning i would get up with my my two hours robert and 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 Bobby and go up for walks with Russia and we'd quite often see you jetting up and down there because you seem to be able to do it a lot faster than anyone else well also I know it's the only exercise (laughs) I'll get you may be bashing pillows or whatever I've just got to be standing in front of the room pretending to be a wise person (laughs) I did did like the fact that we were allowed to go back that day that we did do the the pillow bashing and you, you you said to everybody We'll leave the bats in the room in the morning. And if anyone wants to go back in and have another go, 
feel free. And I was straight back in. You were there. Okay. I was there. Myself and another fellow were in there and we were like bashing away. And but but for me that that did really demonstrate how much energetically you can hold on to things into your body. Yeah. Well, you have a lot of life force flowing through you. Other yeah. people might have said bashing their things. I'll stay in bed. <laughs> yeah, but also, you know, I, I even mentioned to a friend the other day who, who needed to get some energy out of them. I was like, and, and this was something that you said in the Hoffman process, scream into your pillow, like mm, shout mm, into your, like mm. literally shift it. Get yeah, it, yeah. Energetically yeah. get it out. We're a sedentary society that holds it in and it isn't how we're meant to be. So yeah, get it out. As long as it's a safe place and doesn't you know, annoy the neighbours. <laughs> so you're gonna be a charity. That's that's phenomenal. I think that's well deserved. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. that's really exciting. And and when when will that be happening? Um this year. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah we're, we're putting things in place. We need to sign the documents and put all, do all the forms and stuff. But, yeah. Well, it's well-deserved because I can only imagine how many people... I mean, how many how many people do you think you've probably helped? Around the world, it's sort of 130,000. So it's still not a massive, massive, That's massive... a massive movement. amount, Tim. Um, and in... <laughs> In the UK, it's sort of, yeah, over 10,000, 12,000 or so. That's amazing. So it's a, a good beginning. Yeah, if we become a charity, things become a lot easier to go bigger on, I think. They do, yeah. yeah. And you, on oh my word, if you had Florence House, that would be amazing. And if you've done the Hoffman process, you can go back and visit sometimes, can't you, if you're allowed? Yeah, the, um, during COVID, we had to shut it down. I think we're opening up again now. On the last evening, there's a nice dinner and people talk about their experience and people who've come before can come back and sit in one of the last meditations and then have a dinner and, and talk about their experience if they want to. So it's sort of a gradual phasing of the real world back into the retreat space yeah. so where people meet meet others from outside. Yeah. I might have to come along and do that. Well, but one of the sites we're using, I think, is very cl very close to here. Is it? Yeah. We might need to have a chat about this afterwards. Well, we can indeed. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been so good to talk to you. I can't, I can't, I can't believe I'm sitting opposite you. I feel incredibly grateful um, for everything that you and the Hoffman process gave to me, and and everyone that was that was you know facilitating on that that oh. amazing week, and just the amazing people that I met. And every time I see geese fly over my house, I think of. An image of the geese, a flock uh, holding each other together. Yeah. It's been very easy chatting with you because you're such a good um, host. You really know how to um, keep a conversational flow going. Thanks. I mean, you did sort of have to shut me up a few times in the Hoffman <laughs> process. So it was like, yeah, okay, okay, okay. You've just said enough now. So thank you for saying that so eloquently. I'll take I'll take that one definitely with me. But well, y you you go back to your beautiful hills and in Seaford by the sea, and um, I shall continue interviewing. But it's it's been an absolute pleasure to revisit again with you today. And it's yeah, I might have to get my um might have to get my book out. And I've still got my drawings. I've still got my drawings. Yeah, I did. So. It's been a real pleasure for me and thanks for having such very clear memories of doing Hoffman four years ago. No, I can't rem I can't recommend it highly enough to anyone. And that actually on that before we go, what's the best way for people to find out about it? It's just to Google it, isn't it? Because you will find that some people think the Hoff, like David Hasselhoff or a certain or, other Hoff. Or the other Wim Wim, Wim Hoff, yeah. Who we, we love get, but, get you know. out of that. Yeah, no Hoffmaninstitute.co.uk, Google the Hoffman process, yeah. you'll you'll find it. And then you know, everybody has to have an enrollment chat before doing it. You know, yeah. they have at least half an hour with one of our our people just to hear if it's right for them and which is lovely yeah. by the way i was uh, that was one a really l amazing conversation i had with someone i think to have someone be so thorough in the beginning it, it it installs a confidence in you into what you're going into because it is a big deal and it is it's a big investment of, of time and energy but it's so worth it i mean for mm -hmm. me it's it's yeah it was the start of a healing process that's you know it was a long time coming so thank you very much for that thank you for those very warm words yeah all right tim okay thank you <laughs>